Welcome, welcome. You are listening to the Decaf Dad. I'm your host, Dallas Jabrowski. Thank you all for joining me today. For the first time ever, the Decaf Dad is coming to you live from a coffee shop. Uh, So I'm excited about that, to say the least. Uh, But this is not just any coffee shop. This is Edwin's Coffee Shop, Coffee and Tea in Rockland. So if you're in the area, stop by and support this local business and enjoy great coffee and great customer service. Um, Today, we're going to journey alongside Hugh as he tells his story of sobriety, recovery, and being a father. Ain't no hood like fatherhood. Let's get started. Alright, welcome to The Grind. Hugh, thank you for joining us today, good sir. It's a pleasure to have you. A pleasure to be here, man, honestly. So, um, a bit of ba- a bit of background. You and I don't really know each other that no, well. We've <laughs> worked in the same facility now for two years or more. Or something like that, yeah. paths, interacted when we need to, but uh, all together never really had much of a conversation. Yeah, so... I've had full conversations with people I don't even know <laughs> 10 feet from you, but you're always so busy. You know, you can't really... Uh, partake in the conversation i know it i know it so yeah so we work in the emergency department together i know you have a kid yes sir um you love fidget spinners at least i think you do right or i you, was into them for a bit you, I, okay I, when i'm watching psych patients i can't really have my phone <laughs> in my hand so it keeps my hands busy okay awake, so. gotcha yeah, yeah. and uh i only know a small sliver of your story based on our short interactions at work um but other than that don't really know know you know that much about you do you know what do you know about me <laughs> Pretty much about there you the go. same. Man. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, you're one of the uh, one of the hardest workers in the ED. Ah, uh, uh, stop it! Don't hey, flatter me. Hey, <laughs> everybody in there is angels on earth. Man. That is true. Yeah, that is true. Um, but you know what? That's okay. That's good. I'm excited for this conversation. That's what this platform is for: is getting to know people, getting to know to know their stories. So I'm excited to hear yours. I'm sure that um, it's going to inspire many and help us meaningful to our listeners. I know it's going to be meaningful here. So um, you ready to get started? Absolutely. All right, let's get brewing. So, with the decaf dad, Hugh, we always start off with a dad joke. I didn't tell you this. Okay. Do you, do you have a dad joke off the top of your head? Oh, man. You know, my son tells me so many just to get back at me, <laughs> and I can't remember any off the top of my head. Oh, man. All right, Hugh, so here on the decaf dad, we, um, we always like to start off with your best dad joke. So, what you got for us? <laughs> Best. I don't know if it's the best, but uh, <laughs> one my boy told me. Okay. Uh, why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? Why? It was too tired. <laughs> it was too tired. It was too tired. Man. Unless it was a tri, unless it was like a tricycle, then it's like three, three tired. That'd be a tri. So you know, next question I have for you is not really a question. It's more just, more just a comment. Like, can you just tell us your story? Um, uh, you know, regarding sobriety, your recovery, and, and fatherhood. Um, I don't have any questions quite yet, but like, I want to hear your story, and questions will come from that. So, well, I mean, it's a you know, it's a pretty loaded story. I mean, I come from a good background, had a good childhood. Yeah, you know, I was an only child, so I was spoiled rotten. Mm. You know, um, dad wasn't really around much; he worked his butt off. Okay. Um, parents separated when I was nine years old. Mom dedicated pretty much her whole life to me. She had okay. a boyfriend when I was in my teens for a couple of years who was an alcoholic. Okay. So I got it. Is that kind of your first exposure there? I got exposed to it there. I saw okay. the negative sides of it and how terrible somebody could be. So then that was that I'm never going to be that guy. I'm never going to be that dude. <clears throat> and uh, then I, uh, you know, I had a sip 
off a crap of beer at 14, mm-hmm. you know, like everyone does. But then nothing. 21st birthday, party time. All, All my right. friends get me, get me to like, oh, you got to try it. It's your 21st birthday, right? Yeah. That first sip hit my lips, man. This began the spiral. Okay. And uh, this was at what age again? 21. 21, okay. <clears throat> 21 years old, man. First, first real drink. Right, right. And uh, it was just a constant growth after that of how much I could drink. And my unfortunate, I guess, thing was I was very high functioning. Okay. I could drink with the best of them. Never late to work, so I don't have a problem. Okay. You know, I don't miss anything, so yeah. I'm not a problem. You know, it's not a problem. You do your job, you do it well. Job, still. I was okay. one of the best producers at the job I had. So, you know, in my mind, I didn't have a problem. I was just a fun guy drinking. Yeah. But I never paid attention to what it did at home. Mm. You know, um, I married young. I was 24 when I got married. Uh, and, you know, kid by 25. But the girl I married, I was with in high school. Mm-hmm. So we were together, you know, nine years or so before we actually got married. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she liked to have fun and drink, too. You know, it, was, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. But when it came time to grow up and be adults, you know, I uh, thought I was doing all the right things. But I had this demon in the closet that I didn't know was going to be as bad as it turned out to be. Yeah. You know, and, you know, in the end, it ended up driving her into the arms of somebody else, you know, because I wasn't there for her when I should have been. Uh, I was actually, one of the things that sucks that I have to live with, excuse me, um, is that I was drunk the night that she was giving birth. Mm. I couldn't drive her to the ER. And that's the part that I fall back on that, like, damn, that's that's where I really look back and go, I made some mistakes. Yeah. You know, and then it was about, you know, two years after that, you know, my, my son was two and we finally split up. And, uh, you know, I don't remember a lot of his first couple of years because I was working a lot. I was working nights. I was working a ton trying to keep our heads above water. Yeah. You know, so at the same time, I'm doing all the right things, trying to keep the family going or build something, right? Yeah. Thinking everything's going on okay at home, but when I get home, I'm grabbing a beer, you know, I'm playing video games, you know, right. and I'm not being attentive, I'm not being a husband, I'm not being a partner. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's all things I learned over the last 10 years as opposed to in my early 20s. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we end up, you know, parting ways or whatever, and uh, she moved down to the Bay Area, where she was from, and uh, so that, that made it hard, that moved my son, you know, 130 miles away from me, um, so then it was just cover the paint with the alcohol, yeah. because that's what's there. So it continued on, yeah. Right. And uh, the only time I wouldn't drink is when he was with me, yeah. my weekends with him that I would get, and my, you know, weeks during the summer. Um, I know in my head I'm his only provider that's there, so I can't be drunk if something happens. So that was my surprise. It was my son. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the times he wasn't there, got friends, party time. Yeah, yeah. Time to do all the fun things that you do in your 20s when you're single and yeah. out of a 10-year relationship. Yeah. And uh, trying to, to grow up, you know. But I, I've got this demon in the closet that's still there that you don't until later on and you realize it was a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, you get this person that comes back into your life. You know, the, 
the woman I'm with now. And uh, she wasn't a drinker. She didn't enjoy it. She didn't like being around it. Yeah. Um, you know, she didn't care if I drank. She didn't want to change who I was. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of detail to everything that happened. You know, I don't know how much detail you want to get into. It's all up to you. I, 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 I'm open ears here. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I'm not, I'm not a religious person, you know, by any means, but I do believe in things that point you in the right direction in a time in your life when you need it the most. Okay. And, you know, this person was that for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we wanted to start hanging out and testing the water, see if we could make something work, you know, get to know each other at least. So actually this coffee shop that we're at today okay. is where we started everything. Gotcha. And we would come here in the mornings before I went to work, have a cup, go for a walk with her dog, you know, just talk. Talk yeah. about life, what we want in the future, things yeah. like that. And, um, you know, when she hit me with that, I don't care if you drink, but just don't do it around me. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it kind of was one of those moments where I really like this chick, you know, and... I've screwed something up with someone before, and that sucked. You know, that made things worse for me. Right, right. And uh, I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll try this, you know, <laughs> cleaning up my act thing, you know, for I'll just, I'll see if I can stop for a little uh, while. The things we do for women. Hey, you know, hey, sometimes that's what it takes, you know. And that's, you know, part of my story I tell people, too, is that it, even having a kid sometimes isn't enough to see see at that moment mm. Um, mm. you know because I still made it work when he was here yeah. he's with me I'm yeah. sober I'm good but when he's not around is when I was in my darkest place Yeah, because he's not there Right. he's so far away Right. You know? and uh, so when that, that whole went down I was in 2013 yeah and uh, I, I woke up on April 1st you know thinking oh man if I get sober today you know, I'm a jokester I can tell jokes I'm not a funny guy Oh, it's April 1st. It's April Fool's Day, right? So I'll, I'll quit drinking today. If I ever make it 10 years, you know, I could play a prank on somebody and be like, April Fool's. Right. Or something, or something <laughs> stupid just to, like, keep me motivated to keep rolling with it. And, uh, you know, I sober for a few days, a few weeks, you know, and then you start getting those withdrawal syndrome. And right. Just feeling like crap. And this girl was there every day. Yeah. She knew I was going to go through it, and she was yeah. there for me. And she still stuck around anyway. She stuck around yeah. every day. And uh, she helped me get through those moments where it's like, I feel like I'm dying right yeah. now because I'm not having this, this liquid that I need, right? And I, that was when I identified, like, I do need it. I felt I never felt like I needed it, but it was just habit. Yeah. But it was something that I just did out of habit that I didn't need. I felt I needed. And when I stopped, it was more apparent that I had a problem. Gotcha. And her being there all the time and helping me get through it or distracting me, just something as simple as, you know, going for a walk as opposed to sitting at home drinking. Right, right. You know, takes get, getting out, getting some vitamin D, getting some, get some coffee, going for a walk. Getting some relation, like just that human connection, relationship. Yeah. And something that I'd never had with someone before, really. Yeah. Because um, I never built the relationship yeah. with my ex-wife. You know, we got together in high school. Yeah. We were together all the time. And then the next step is you get married. And then the next step is you have a kid. You yeah. Know, whatever. We never grew together. We more or less grew apart, unfortunately. Mm. And, 
but this one, you know, I was going to try to try to approach it with a different frame of mind. Yeah. And uh, you know, what we were together for you know five, six, seven months, everything was going good in my mind. But this woman helped me see that I had a huge issue, and you know, my health improved. I lost sixty pounds in six months. We ever? That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, I was like two hundred and sixty pounds. At my biggest, yeah. Because I was drinking so many empty calories, right, right. And just going for walks instead of drinking, and eating a little bit better because she eats better, right. You know, help me lose all this weight, and start getting more healthy, and feeling better about myself. Were you ever, were you ever hospitalized at all, or no? Never hospitalized. Never hospitalized. I didn't do AA. I just woke up on that day with this motivation of I want to hang out with this chick. Never hospitalized, never institutionalized, and you just like just cold turkey, cold just turkey. like that. Yeah. Do you, do you do AA meetings now or no? no. Wow. I've actually thought about being a sponsor just because I've, I've got a pretty good story and I've got a good handle on identifying situations and especially now with what I do at work. Yes. I, I see. We're, we'll address that too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to ask you about that too. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, so we were together, I think it was eight or nine months and actually today is an odd day. Today is my son's birthday. Yeah. August 27th. And today is actually also, was it six years ago today, was the last time that I saw the girl that helped me get sober for two and a half years. So there was a lot of history between the girl, my ex-wife, and a lot of other things that, you know, we've grown past it. No reason to bring that stuff up. <laughs> um, but... Uh, you know, there was a lot of drama at that time. Gotcha. And, you know, the girl I'm with, she just, it, timing is everything, and that wasn't the time. And, uh, you know, there were some other factors, you know, I wasn't in a good headspace with a lot of things in my life where I was more or less in lust with her as opposed to in love with her. Gotcha. And, uh, it's a real thing. It is. <laughs> it's it a is. real thing. And, uh, you know, she, uh, she told me she was going to go to Texas for you know a couple weeks or whatever and like help her friend move or whatever mm -hmm. and that's all i heard and she got there she goes to me okay um didn't speak to me and that was in august of course the 27th and um, november comes around holidays roll around shooter messages you know never get anything back and uh so then the, the broken heart factor kind of comes up yep and those thoughts start coming back mm -hmm. like I did this for her, right? Starts triggering a little bit. That's where I start having those those mindsets of, I did this for you. Why why would you do this to me? Yeah, and yeah. And the anger starts coming up. Yeah, yeah. Never realizing she was helping me do something for me. Right. Right? I did the work. I'm the one that quit. I'm the one that put in the time to stop drinking. Yeah. Um, but I, I had the mindset of, I did it for you so I could be with you. That's not a healthy place to be. Yeah. But then in the back of my head, she's been my friend since 2000. Yeah. You know, in high school, we were friends. And I had this known thought in the back of my head that, you know, she's from here. She's from Rockland, where I'm from. She always comes back. Yeah. You know, what if she comes back in six months and I'm drinking again? Right. I just look like this weak fool that <laughs> fell off the so still, so still, she's she's your motivation. Yeah. Still, even still. though she's not around. Even she's not around. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and then that that turned into you know six months of not talking to her, and then you know close to a year, 
And then I'm in a routine. I'm not drinking anymore. Yeah. I'm starting to see motivation in my drinking friends that have seen, man, if you can do it, maybe I should give this <laughs> a try. Yeah, yeah. So then I have my roommate that I was living with. He decided to get sober. Cool. Yeah. And, you know, now since it's been years, him and I have parted ways on other reasons, but he's still sober. He's married. He has a kid now. Right, right. He got his life together because he saw me do it. Yeah. And that started making me think, wow. If I have that power over, like, to help somebody else, right? That's what this was for. This was for me. It's for you, not this for is her. For me, yeah, not for her. Right? Yeah. I might not ever see her again, but I kind of like how this feels. Yeah. And uh, you know, but I've got my own spot. I'm, you know, because when I was at my worst, I was working at a job in a warehouse, throwing boxes on the shelves. Mm-hmm. But I was making fifty grand a year because I was good at my job, and I was stuck at mom's house. Yeah. Because I'm drinking. Yep, yep. And I now I'm not drinking. Lost some weight. Feel good about myself. Yep. Got my own spot. Cool. Life's going well. I meet this girl at work. She's a nice girl. Yeah, I've never met somebody that, you know, I clicked with right away. We just we start hanging out and then we get into a relationship together. And it was pretty apparent quickly that it wasn't gonna go somewhere for long term. Yeah. But it was fun to hang out with somebody. And uh, she helped me see some things that I didn't know I deserved, mm. right? I didn't. I never felt like I had a, a partner in anything. I was always the, the money maker, and I was buying all the stuff, which right. is how I was you know, raised to be a provider or whatever. Right. Um, but she was also successful. Yeah. She was good at her job. She was making money. So it was, wow, we could, I could have a teammate, and I could, we could build something together. Right. I deserve that. Okay, so why am I going to settle for anything less than Yeah. And, you know, over a year and a half we were together, you know, we just kind of decided, like, she had plans to do photography and move around the country. I'm a homebody. I like being around town. My mom's here. My dad's up the hill, you know, a couple miles away. All my grandparents and everybody are nearby. I didn't want to move away. Yeah. So it was one of those, like, all right, let's, let's go ahead and just cut our losses and it was it was a good time mm-hmm. and uh you know she took off and that was that and uh i was like well you know i'll give it a month you know i'll give it a month and if she comes back and decides she wants to try again i'll try again she's a cool chick um but on that day 31 man i shit you not uh, <laughs> i got to work and uh you know there's always songs that remind you of people <laughs> right? well it's like a scene straight out of the movie, huh? Right, right. I, this is where my story gets fun to tell. Like I, I, I get to work and I'm clocking in at work, and they always have like some XM radio station on at the warehouse. Okay. Right? And uh, Sweet Cherry Pie comes on. <laughs> and I saw it. She's my cherry pie. That's the first song that I ever got a special dance to. Gotcha. From this girl that helped me see the light. To get okay. And it came on, and I started thinking about it. I'm like, man, you haven't talked to her in two and a half years. You should probably hit her up, see how she's doing. Mm. And then, nah, man, don't do that. She burns you. She hurts you, you know. Let her do her thing. You know, I, I harbor no hard feelings towards her. I know she has some stuff going on in her life. And she's the first person that I ever felt that way about. Yeah. You know, I had friends telling me, you know, don't don't ever talk to her again. She burns you. And I'm just like, hey, man, you don't know what's going on with her right. life. Right. I don't know what's going on with her life. You have right. no room to judge her. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm like, all right, then. Just got got that thought in my head about this chick again, and uh, I go through my shift or whatever, and that song never comes on that radio station. So that was the weird part. 
So that's one of those things that are pointing you, exactly. right? It's okay. Kind of guiding you back. And so then that night I worked a 10 hour shift. I worked four tens. And I'm going and I clock out and I'm walking towards the time clock. The song comes on again. <laughs> I'm like, son of a gun. <laughs> really? I'm like, okay, I'll, maybe I'll hit her up, right? And then I go home and I'm telling my roommate about it. And he's on my side. He's defensive. Man, no, she burned you, bro. Don't talk to her. Right. You know, that's a bad, that's a bad move. And I'm like, all right. You know, and that was my Friday. And uh, so the next day it was, it was the actual Friday. Because I go down to the to the bay and I pick up my son. And I go down to pick him up, bring him up for the weekend. And um, for his birthday weekend. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm driving on uh, one of the roads here in town. Where I can either go straight to get on Highway 65 to go down to 80. Or if I turn left, I can go to her mom's house where she's staying. <laughs> I'm at that stoplight, 98 Rock on the radio. Song so comes, comes on the radio No, again. it didn't. It did too, swear to God. <laughs> Hand to God, bro. And I just, I'm like, all right, that's it. That's three times, three strikes, you're out. I pull out my Those phone. Those things come in threes, don't they? I pull out my phone, I shoot her a text. Hey, I just heard cherry pie three times in the last 24 hours, and I had to text you. Before I could lock my phone, the little bubble pops up on the iPhone that she's typing back. You know, you see my Metallica tattoos <laughs> on my arm, and she says, anything Metallica over the last two years, I thought of you. Wow. And I'm just like, hey, why don't we uh, get together for some coffee and see how things go. Yeah. And come over to my place, you know, and uh, we, just, we just kind of, you know, we didn't jump into anything. We just kind of texted for a week or two. Yeah. And uh, just to see you know, how things were going. And uh, you know, she ends up coming over and seeing I got my own spot. I'm still sober. Right. Made some improvements in my life since <laughs> she was gone, and uh, you know, it's been six years now since that day. Yeah, and uh, you know, she uh, still in my life, you know, and we've we've helped build this thing we have now together, you know. Awesome. She was throwing pizzas in a round table as a manager. I was throwing boxes in a warehouse. And now, you know, she's gone from schooling. She's got two bachelor's degrees. She's Senior business analyst for a huge company. She's kicking ass. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm working in the hospital and I'm helping people with my story. The, the, the timing's right this time. <laughs> and that's all it is. That's it. And it. But in that time that we spent getting to know each other when we first started getting back together, I also had an experience with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I was always that guy that anxiety isn't real. Yeah. Anxiety's just BS people want to do when they're weak. <laughs> Yeah. I experienced it. Yeah. In position for a week crying, didn't know what the hell was going on. Wow. And she's dealt with anxiety her entire life. And you know, I think I'm having a heart attack. I need to go to the ER. She goes, you're having a panic attack. <laughs> you need to just relax. Yeah. You know, yeah. She, she pulls out some little, you know, things to fit you with, you know, yeah. before fitness minutes were a thing. And that's what got me into those. Gotcha. And got me kind of like, keep my hands busy so I'm not picking at my, at my arms and freaking out what's going on. Right. And it really helped me understand, like, damn, this is what you feel every day. Mm. Damn, there's people that deal with this every day. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to learn some more empathy. Right, right. I need to learn that everybody's got something going on and that you don't judge anybody yeah, based yeah. on what you see on the outside. Yeah. Because you don't know what they're battling on the inside. And then I look at my own self and I'm like, 
Damn, that's why I don't have all those friends anymore. <laughs> because I stopped doing all the stuff they were having fun doing. You know, and they were they were just thinking I'm not trying to change them by being around them. Yeah. You know, but that wasn't ever the case. You know, the, you know and then uh, now being at the hospital, it's just I get to use what I've been through to help these poor kids. Like I've, I've dealt with kids that are in their teens that you know they, they want to end their lives, right? Because they think that's the only option right now. You know, and the part of the story I didn't tell, I had a friend of mine, I had a friend of mine years ago take a, take a shotgun out of my mouth. Wow. He was the best man in my wedding. Yeah. And I was down, I was drunk as hell. Yeah, had yeah. Had a huge blowout fight with the ex-wife. And I had a double barrel shotgun. I was at Moss. And I was going to do it. Yeah. And he was, a, he was a former Marine. That guy had me disarmed, gun taken apart, and put into like some kind of pretzel move <laughs> before I even knew what the hell happened. Yeah. And like that was my lowest of the low points. Okay. And now I get to use that as motivation for others too. Like, hey, I've been there, man. Yeah. I yeah. get it. You can be low. I get it. You yeah. can be down. You can be sad. And you can do the work and climb out of it. Yeah. You know, but sometimes you have to ask for help. Yeah sucks makes you feel like you're less of a man or less of a human everyone needs help sometimes yeah and if you don't ask for it no one's going to know you need it you know you're just going to be sitting there floating around thinking you can handle it yeah sometimes you can't handle it man that's crazy i'm really glad your uh your best man was there man that's crazy yeah. uh, but I, I think you being your story and, and your experiences that definitely helps out the ER. So, so let's just talk about that. So, when you have kids, which you already have a little bit, but when you have kids or, or people who come in for, you know, severe alcohol withdrawal, um, does that does that like trigger you in any way, or does that like make you want to like, hey, let me talk to you? I, I mean, maybe I maybe at that time they they're not able to comprehend yet, but when they when they go to sleep. And then when they wake up the next day and they're a little bit hungover, you know, and they're ready to talk. Yeah. You know, I don't ever approach anybody with, like, you need to talk to me. Yeah, yeah. But I will gravitate towards those people. Okay. Um, and, and just let them know, hey, if you want to talk, I'm here. If you want me just to shut up and sit over here and keep an eye on you, that's what I'm going to do. That's mm -hmm. what I'm here to do. But if you want to talk, man, I've been there. Yeah. I've been down. And a lot of them are like, no, you have no idea. You have no idea. And then I hit them with I can tell you my story. Yeah. And I'm, it's going to be no BS. Like, mm -hmm. I'm completely honest about it. Um, and, you know, like, I, there was actually a, a, a while back, a young kid crashed his car on the highway, came in, you know, PCSO. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thinking his life's over, right? He's got a duty before he's 20. Right, right. And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, my life's over. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm sitting there, I'm looking at him, I start <laughs> smiling at the cop, and I'm like, Hey man, talking to the police officer, I'm like, look like my life's over. He goes, nah man, looks like you're doing all right for yourself. I'm like, yeah, I am, you know, and I've, I've been where this kid is. Luckily, I never got to do it. I didn't drive drunk, which was stupid. Right. But I got lucky and didn't hurt anybody. I didn't, you know, my uncle was killed by a drunk driver and I still did that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm like, hey man. You, you can do the work to get out of it. You just got to do the work. Yeah. You know, one of the things I try to tell people is, you know, because they think, you know, their life's over, it's going to be too hard and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, there's two kinds of people. There's ones that have been through some stuff 
And there's ones that have kind of had that, like, everything just always kind of seemed to go their way. Mm. And it seems like it's on a silver platter for them all the time. A lot of those people, they don't do what we do as we go through hard times. Yeah. And that's build character. I'm like, you're going to go through these hard times, and you're going to figure things out about yourself like I have. Yeah. And you're going to build character, and you're going to be able to build this person into a human that everyone's going to gravitate towards and be able to use that as motivation. And I, I tell people, I'm here talking to you because the world led me into this job mm. to be here right now. Yeah. In this moment and talking to you. I'm nowhere else right now. And every moment and choice I've made in my life has gotten me right here. Yeah. I'm right. I'm supposed to be here right now with you. Yeah. So maybe right now is this moment where you're supposed to be reflecting on yourself and maybe thinking about the future and what you can do to better yourself too. Yeah. Because if you keep doing the same things, you're going to keep doing the same mistakes. <laughs> yeah. I've been down that path. Yeah. Definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing and expecting a different result. Right. <laughs> but if you change some things, you can get a different result that might be better for yourself in the long run. I like a lot it. Of that is identifying the issues within yourself and accepting it. Yeah. And like things with my ex-wife, I've had a lot of conversations with her over this you know, last ten years, where I've, I've had to apologize. Yeah. I own it. I've, I've owned my mistakes. I screwed up. We both made mistakes. And now being a co-parent is a lot easier. And apologizing sucks, but... Apologizing sucks, but when you know you're in the wrong, how yeah. are you going to hold on to that? Yeah. You know so it's only going to hurt you at exactly. that point, yeah. It's just another piece of garbage that's <laughs> floating around in there that you don't need. Yeah. You know? So, um, does your son know your story, then? Um, well, he turns 13 today. Yeah. That's, uh... Yeah, he doesn't know a lot. He doesn't remember me drinking, because I quit when he was so young. Okay. So I've got eight years, oh, eight and a half years sober now. Um, so he was, you know, just before he was five mm-hmm. um, is when I decided to quit. So, I mean, even when he was around, like I said, I didn't drink. Right. Um, but he doesn't remember dad okay. drinking. So that's kind of one thing I kind of am uh, excited about. Right. Is you that know, something like, that you intend on telling him in the future when he's uh, old I, enough? I've or? Told him. Oh, okay. Told him, okay. Like, you know, I used to. Yeah. You know, I used to drink, but there's some of us that like I didn't have an off switch. Yeah. Some people can go home, they can have a glass of wine with dinner and be totally fine. Some people can do that every day and they're totally fine. Life is great. Yeah. Me, it was that hits my lips. We're passing out tonight. You know, I didn't have the ability just to have a fever and just have a good time. It was I can drink more than everybody and I'm gonna show you every time. Right, right. You know. Because, I mean, at my most, man, I mean, if you need a con, you know, context of how much I drank, it was a half a handle a night mm-hmm. and probably a six-pack of beer. So, I mean, $100 worth of booze every couple of days. Right. And, you know, it was just to cover up the pain that I thought the alcohol was covering up. But all it ever did was mask it. And yeah. It ended up blowing up into this huge, you know, when I had my anxiety and depression episode, that's when all that came to a head. And I had to identify, like, I've got some demons I need to get out of the closet. I need to apologize to some people. Yeah. I need to fix some things. And then I can move forward. And that's exactly what happened. So you you so you so mentioned this off switch. You didn't have this off switch. So I'm just curious. What do you, what do you think causes alcoholism in people? Is it is it biological, environmental, 
social, psychological, all of the above? I think it's a combination of a lot of things, man. Like stress, there's, there's <laughs> stress, yeah. But I mean, there's not like I, I try looking at that stuff in my life mm-hmm. to identify where it came from. Because like my dad was the dad that he'd have a beer in the garage, right? Like, never drank a lot. Yeah, you know, mom had. You know, she was known in her horse group. She rode horses in a horse group for years. And she was known as, like, the happy wine. She'd have her little <laughs> satchel of wine, and they'd go on their horse rides and everything right. else. Um, but she was never a drunk. You know, the only time I saw her drunk was when the shitty boyfriend she had mm, yeah, yeah. spiked her drinks and got her messed up. Yeah. And, you know, that was the only time I ever saw her, excuse me, like, just totally... 10 sheets to the wind. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, then I look at, like, my, my grandfather on my dad's side, he was CHP. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was always straight-laced. Yeah. Um, grandpa on my mom's side, he's still a drinker. He's been drinking since 1939. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but never angry. Never any kind of issues with it. You know, he's one of those that he can have his, you know, martini in the evening and be totally fine and never have any issues. Yeah. Now he's 89. He's still having a toddy here and there. <laughs> you know, get in the pool, you know, yeah, and just have a good time. Um, but for me, I think it was more of a product of timing mm. and not doing it for so many years. And then, like that twenty-first birthday, I had a blast. I had so much fun with friends that I hadn't seen in a long time. And one of those, like, dude, it's your twenty-first birthday. You gotta do it. Yeah, right? yeah. So, all right, so I did it. You know, and it was. Jägermeister, Jack Dean. Ooh, that's like oh, my least favorite. Jägermeister, that's like my least dude, there's favorite. There's a video of me somewhere still where like I'm on the floor in my mom's kitchen like, it tastes like toothpaste, but it's great. I'm just chugging out the biggest bottle of Jäger. I've oh, man. But, you know, it's it, it was a fun time. It was a fun memory. Yeah. You know, like, I have a lot of great fun memories. Yeah. But they were all destructive in my mind. Yeah. Fed the beast. The short term versus the long term there. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. You know, and then it became, you know, I work nights, so I'd get home eleven o'clock, ten o'clock at night, drinking until three in the morning. Yeah. And then you get hungry. Yeah. You know, and you start drinking and eating. All these empty calories sit in your stomach and you start putting on weight. Right. And then you start not seeing the six pack. <laughs> and you start going, damn, I don't look as good as I once did. And that creates a little bit of sadness. And there's just a snowball effect, huh? And then it's like, oh, I'm going to be this fat, happy guy. <laughs> so I got to drink to be this fat, happy guy. Yeah, yeah. And then it just keeps snowballing. And the next thing I knew, I'm almost 260 pounds. You know, just enjoying my life. Right. Which uh, is just a sad ball of human on the inside. But I couldn't tell anybody because I was always. Always the class clown, always the funny guy. I yeah. always try to make people laugh. You know, I always bring positivity to the table. And I felt if I didn't be that, if I wasn't going to be that person, I was going to lose these friends, which isn't healthy to begin <laughs> with anyway. Right. right. If you are who you are, the right people will gravitate towards you. Yeah. And that's who I am now. That's why I approach everything now with what you see is what you get. Yeah. You know, and there's no BS and the right people are in my life. I don't have a big circle because I don't need one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, so maybe it's already time. Maybe the time hasn't come yet. So how do you talk to your son or how are you going to talk to your son about alcohol, especially if he starts to get interested in it? Well, I mean, um, he's around it. You know, his mom and his stepdad, they're, you know, responsible adults and they enjoy a couple of drinks on the weekends and whatnot. 
so he understands it. He's around it. Yeah. You know, he sees the fun side of it and everything. Uh, but he also knows that you know, I don't for a reason. Mm-hmm. I've told him that. Um, and honestly, part of the reason I'm doing this podcast with you today is that so this story is on record somewhere. Yeah. That I can, he can listen to it at some point when he chooses to. Yeah. Um, he doesn't need to anytime soon. You know, it's, it, when he wants to know those you know, answers to questions, I'm not going to BS him. Right. If he asks me next week, you know, like, what, what happened with this or that or the other, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with him. Yeah. It's an adult situation he doesn't need to know about. Some things he doesn't need to know. Right. Use your, using your discretion exactly. there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm never going to hide anything from him about it. Um, he, uh, you know, I'm sure he knows that there is some alcoholism in the history on his mom's side. Mm-hmm. Um, her dad, I think, just celebrated uh, 20 years sober. Uh, he lives, wow. He lives up yeah. near Chico. Okay. Um, but, you know, he's got 20 years sober. Yeah. Because he lost her mom due to drinking. Gotcha. You know? So her and I kind of travel in the same path, which kind of helps us get along a little more now. Because her parents didn't really get along, and we don't want that for our son. Right. You know, and it's great. And, you know, they haven't announced that they're they're moving, but they are, and my son's going to be close. Yeah. You know, they, Good. They're, they're moving to town. Good. So he's going to be close for his teen years, so yeah. he's going to be in the same town as me. It's going to be great. Very good. You know, so it's every, everything's timing. Yeah. Everything's happening at the right time. You know, my lady and I, were doing well with our careers. We're looking at buying a house. You know, they selling their house in the Bay, and they're moving up here, buying a house. You know, we're Very all, good. we got the whole village getting together. You know? <laughs> got to wrangle these teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what keeps you from going back then? I think you might have mentioned a little bit about it, but just really explicitly, what keeps you from going back then? Um, just... Ma- I don't know, growing up and being mature about it, mm-hmm. realizing that I have a problem. I will always have a problem. And then there's also been examples in my own life of, like, I'm that guy that, like, oh, man, if you can do it, I can do it, right? Mm-hmm. I had a guy like that. My yeah. buddy Robbie that, you know, I've been friends with for 13 or 14 years. Yeah. He got sober first. And then I got sober, and we were sober together. But when he hit five years... He had this, like, mindset that he was cured. Mm. That, okay, I've grown up a little bit. Maybe I can have a beer. Is that a dangerous mindset to get in, in your opinion? Um, for some. For I'm, some. I'm sure there's some that, that, you know, it's all individual. I don't, yeah, I yeah. don't try to pigeonhole anybody. And gotcha, like, this gotcha. This is what you're doing. This is what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with this in particular person, he's very similar to me. Yeah. So when he got that mindset of, because he, he quit drinking because he was going to lose his wife and his kids. Yeah. So he quit drinking and everything got good for him. Yeah. And then he got to that five-year mark and he goes, ah, I can have a beer. Uh-huh. You know? And so instead of having a six-pack of Coors Light, he goes to the arrogant bastard ales and the fancy beers and stuff that are, <laughs> you know, six beers in one, but you're only having one. Right, right. right. <laughs> so he gets one of those in. And then within six months, he's back to a lot of his old ways. Yeah. And just completely spiraled again, almost lost everything again. Yeah. And uh, then he uh, hit me up and asked me about it. And like, you got to do what you got to do, man. You know what you have to do. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what you got to do. And uh, You're calling me because you know what you have to do. <laughs> now I think he just hit a little over a year sober. Again. Very good. You know? Awesome. Um, you know, there's one thing I like to, I, I actually, I'm going to steal it from Steve-O. You know who Steve-O is from Jackass? 
No, but go okay. ahead. Jackass is a, is a show. I, I know Jackass, right, yes. Well, Steve-O is one of the guys on there that was one of the worst you know, users of all kinds of things. Okay. And he's got, I think, 10 years sober now. But uh, he said something that just it, it stuck with me in an interview he did. And uh, he goes, you know, sobriety is a lot like, like a pool. You know, you can dip your toe in and it feels, oh, that's cold. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, you do it for a couple of weeks, you know, and I'll go back to my ways. He says sobriety is a lot like a pool, and you know you can dip your toe in, and it's kind of like off-putting. It's cold. I don't want to do that. Right? Yeah. Uh, but if if you ease yourself into it, it's harder to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll wean myself off of. It, right? <laughs> just gotta jump in. What's the easiest way to get into a pool? Yeah. You just jump in. Yeah. That's why when I got sober, it was, it wasn't easy, but it, it worked. Yeah. I just April first, twenty thirteen. Boom! I'm sober because I need to be right. I need to. I want to be with this girl. Right, right, right. Whatever it was, whatever the motivation was, just stop. And it sucks. I know some some people have a lot worse alcohol syndromes and stuff, mm-hmm. withdrawals and whatnot. That's a lot harder. I, mine were tough. But you know, when he said it, it was like, then when you're in the pool, it's a dick move to pull people into the pool. <laughs> you know, you can't go around being like, you need to get sober. You need to get sober. start start right? judging just and let whatnot. Them see yeah. how good you're doing. Cool. By your actions there. Right, yeah. exactly. Live by example and or lead by example. Mm-hmm. And you know, hey, you want to jump in the pool with me? I'm here for you. Yeah. You know? And that's where I find myself. I'm in the pool. You want to jump in with me? I'm here. Yeah. You can lean on me. I'm standing still firm on the ground. Yeah. You can you can lean on me all you want. You know? Yeah. But if you go pushing people in the pool, that's not cool. <laughs> right? Yeah. You can tell them why it's good in the pool, why yeah. it's better in there. Yeah. And help them, you know, make a choice. Yeah. But you can't just go shoving people into sobriety. And that's kind of why when I approach people, like, let me tell you my story and why it worked out for me. Mm-hmm. If you want to take what I said as a, with a grain of salt and then maybe this guy's BSing me, then go along your way. Keep doing what you're doing, and I'll see you again in a few weeks. You know, when you're back in the ER feeling like crap again. Yeah. And and we can have the same chat. And that's that's something that's happened. You yeah. Know, I've uh, the one that hit me the most, man. There's this guy that when I first started doing what I'm doing, saw him a bunch. You know, he's coming in meth, he's coming in cocaine, ecstasy, all this other stuff, alcohol, whatever it might be at that day. And I don't know why I connected with the guy, you know, but we, we would talk. Mm-hmm. And it was like November, end of November last year. And, uh, you know, he didn't have a ride or whatever because his mom was talking to him or whatever. And somehow, can't go into details about HIPAA and all that good stuff. stuff, But I ended up getting on the phone with the mom and going, you know, I got this gut feeling, you know, just can you just give him a chance? He is willing to come home. He's willing to try to make some changes. You know, I've talked to him about my story and this, that, the other. And uh, mom ends up letting him come home for the holiday. And, you know, and then after, when he left, it's like, it's out of my mind. Right. right? Not taking it with you, right, none of that. Not going yeah. home with me, you know, or whatever. But um, <clears throat> like middle of January, so three months, two months later, someone's calling the hospital looking for the guy with the Metallica tattoos <laughs> to tell. <laughs> that's either a really good thing or a really bad well, thing in the Mercy that's Department. How, <laughs> that's how I'm identifiable. Right? And uh, 
she was calling to thank me for giving her her son back. Wow, yeah. Because he had made changes. He started the road to recovery, and he wasn't stealing out of the person anymore to buy drugs. He was mowing the lawn to help do stuff around the house. Wow. You know, so when, it's, when you get the stories like that, it really cements why I've been sent on this path of society yeah. and helping others and, you know, doing what I do is so fulfilling because not only do I get to use what I've been through to help others see you can make it through it, Yeah, I see it every day. So it's a motivation to stay on the straight and narrow. You know, I could easily think to myself, I, I could have a glass of champagne at a wedding. Right. But that's a slippery slope. Yeah. And why even risk it? I've yeah. come so far and I've done so well in the last eight years. Yeah. Why on earth would I want to make that gamble? I'm not yeah. a gambler for a reason because that was another part of my <laughs> issues, right? Yeah. I'm a guy that used to go when I'm drunk to the casino and put down his whole paycheck on one hand of blackjack. Right, right. You know, sometimes you win and it feels great. Other days you're eating ramen for a couple of weeks, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. That, that story right there. Goosebumps right there. That's yeah. That was good stuff. Um, so how do you cope now then? So back then it was going on walks with this girl and, and, you know, all that good stuff. How are you coping now or do you even need to? Um, well, I mean, you know, there was a, there was a time, you know, honestly a few years ago where, uh, you know, uh, medical, uh, marijuana was a thing Mm. that I experimented with, Mm -hmm. um, just to see. And I honestly, you know, for everybody, it's something different, but that actually, it helped, I don't know, helped, sounds cliche, but it helped me open my mind a little bit. Okay. And to experience, to see, like, what people go through when they're using it, right? Like, because I experimented with, you know, cocaine and some other things when I was in my worst drinking days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was mainly just a drinker, you know, but, you know, hey, this guy's got this at the party, give it a shot, you know? Yeah. And, like, that one time, like... I know myself well enough to know that that's a bad choice. Because <laughs> if I'm like this with alcohol, that's going to make me think I don't need a house. Right. Right. And, uh, but it really helped me focus and think about some things in my life and really open my mind to where do I need to go? This job at the warehouse isn't going anywhere for me, right? I actually took a year and a half off of work. Okay. You know, my lady is amazing. You know, she was with me through that whole episode and everything. When I like all that happened around the same time I left the job I had for ten years. Yeah. And you know, she was one of those people like your mental health is huge, and you're finally realizing that. Right? Yeah. I because you know I'm like that. Like I said earlier, I'm that person that that's ah, you're just weak. You know, anxiety's not a thing, right? But then I went through it, and okay, so I need to figure out what I can do with my life. Not to benefit just myself, but I've always been one to want to make people laugh and make them happy, right? How can I be a benefit to others, mm. you know? And during that year and a half that I was out of work, I did a lot of self-reflection mm. and, like, what do I want to do? And at the same time, you know, my mom has struggled with health issues and diabetes and other things, and... Uh, you know, I had a friend of mine that his mom is actually the manager of our emergency department. Yeah. And I've known him for 13 years. And he just hit me up one day when I, you know, he knew I wasn't working or whatever. And he was like, I mean, I think you'd fit well with some of the people that are up here. You know, why don't you just come apply, you know, even just for this job to clean floors, get your foot in the door. Yeah. And uh, so I, I ended up 
doing that. And I was like, well, why not, right? <laughs> I've, I've, I've tried the same thing for 15 years. Right. Same thing over and over yep. again. I need to try something completely different. Yeah. All right, go work in a hospital. Okay. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start making what I was making after 15 years? Oh, sure. sure. Right? Okay. <laughs> no big deal. Let's give it a shot. And, uh, you know, I, I went in, I interviewed just for this job, literally just to clean floors and take out the garbage. Yep. And I interviewed so well that they wanted me to, they wanted me to come back for another interview. Like, you're good, we'll, we'll hire you for this job. But, you know, with your history, because, you know, when I was doing warehouse stuff, I did leadership training, supervisor training. I did everything to try to move up. Right. And, you know, it never came to fruition, but I had that training under my belt. I'm pretty good at talking to anybody, and you know, I have people just they, they always tell me that they gravitate towards me. You know, I'm a natural born leader. I've heard that my whole life, mm-hmm. but it never hit me. It never sunk in. I'm just thinking it's BS to motivate me to stop doing this BS. <laughs> right? And uh, so I interview well. I come back from my second interview, and they're like, "We want to offer you this leadership position," and I'm like, "Man, leadership right off the rip." I can't. Yeah. I can't. And I did this job over here for 10 years. I saw leaders come in off the street. Yeah. To come in, try to change the world, right? They've never done my job. I don't respect that guy. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to be that guy. I yeah. want to be respected. Let me come in and do the job. Let me learn everything. Let me learn how to do this and do that and do this and do that and do transport or whatever it might be. And let me learn how the, the place works. And then <coughs> at that point, I'll step into some leadership stuff. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll learn that you know, last. And apparently, sticking to my guns paid off for me. I, I, I got my foot in the door. I ended up cleaning the ORs. Yep. You know, cleaning ORs for six months. And then, okay, I'm going to try patient transport. Get my foot in the door over there and learn that stuff. Do that for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, well, hey, you kind of know everything. You've gotten to know the crew. You know everybody. Everyone seems to like you. You know, why don't you try, let's try this leadership thing. So I do some of the training and all that stuff. And, uh, and then we had one of our leaders, he had me go out for some reason for a few months, he was out. And there was an open spot. Yep. And they stick me in there and I take over the role and... Good timing thing again, huh? All exactly. <laughs> it's all about A little bit of a theme there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it just, it, it worked. And, you know, I'm just doing things my way creating relationships with all the departments and getting to know everybody and letting them know you can always lean on me. Right. The crew knows, hey, if you're in the shit today, yep. I'm here. I can help you. I know how to do the job, right? So you're earning that respect of everybody that is working for you or with you. I don't have anyone that works for me. They work with me. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that there's bosses and there's leaders. I never want to be a boss. <laughs> yeah, you know, bosses yeah. are good at pointing, do this, do that. Yeah, I'd rather be a leader because I've been there. I've yeah. been that guy that has to do the shit. Yeah, I I know it sucks today when we're short three people. Yeah, and you don't feel like you have help. You got me. If I don't have to sit with a psych patient, <laughs> you're gonna do what I'm, you can I'm do. Over here yeah, to do whatever I need to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm in there cleaning rooms. I'm in there helping with the trash. I'll do whatever it takes because yeah. eventually it's gonna be time to go home. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> you can make it a little less crazy for the person that's feeling stressed out. You know, not only have you earned that person's respect by helping them do the job, you've helped them see 
I can come to work tomorrow and it's going to be the same. I'm, I don't have to worry. I'm not going to call in tomorrow because I know I'm going to be screwed. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Can you share that with the, with other people too? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, I mean, so what I kind of got out of that is, you know, just inspiring and helping others and, and being that rock to lean on is kind of, kind of your coping kind of there. Like, Hey, be like, we're in this together. Let's figure it out. Um, so how can people who don't struggle with alcohol abuse, how can they support people who do struggle with it? Well, I mean, I'll use, you know, I'll use my mom as as an example. I mean, you know, my mom didn't know how bad my issues were Mm -hmm. um, because I was really good at hiding them. Um, like I said, I was drinking my income, so I was stuck at mom's house. Yeah. Um, but I was real good at hiding it. She didn't know how bad it was because I had a bottle in my room that I'm refilling the one in the kitchen with. So she didn't know how much I was drinking. Gotcha. When I started slipping and not filling that bottle, she starts hitting me with, the, hey, uh, the bottle's a little empty. Are you doing okay? And my mom starts asking, are you okay? <laughs> starts to hit you like maybe I got some shit going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, she never struggled with alcoholism or anything like that. But she was always just non-judgmental. Mm. Um, don't judge. Because, like I said earlier, you have no idea what's going on in that person's head yeah. that is driving them to do what they're doing. Yeah. You know, it could be something as simple as, you know, the car didn't start today. Mm. And that was the last straw that makes you think just nothing is going right. Yeah. Everything is against me. Why am I still here? Yeah. It can escalate that fast. Car didn't start. I want to end my life. You don't know what they're dealing with. Yeah. So why are you going to try to come at them with, what the hell does it matter? It's car didn't start. Like, it's yeah. not a big deal. It's a big deal to them. Approach it with how they're seeing it. Talk to them. Be empathetic. And try to figure out where their mind is. Mm-hmm. As opposed to guessing. Yeah. You know. Or stereotyping or generalizing exactly, or okay exactly because um, like I said you know everybody's battling something and and everyone's got something going on yeah and if you try to guess what that is you're gonna be wrong yeah because if they don't that's good say that again <laughs> if you're, if you're got a lot of tires on your car, <laughs> but I mean if if you're trying to guess what's going on with somebody you're you're gonna be wrong. Yeah. Because you have no idea unless they tell you. Yeah. Because even when they tell you, they might not be telling you what's really bugging them. Mm-hmm. You have to earn that person's trust. Right. And you have to prove to that person that you're gonna actually be there for them. You know, you can talk all day to somebody about things, but if you don't actually follow through then you're not gonna earn that trust. And they, they, when you can like I've sat with people for eight hours a day for three straight days. I'm the same person all three days. Right. And by that third day, when they're getting ready to be transferred or released, they're telling me, thank you. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what the ages are. I've had teenagers and I've had ladies and men in their 70s. I've had a woman in her 70s. Yeah. You know, going, man, you 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 did it. I'm like, and you can too. It doesn't matter how much younger than you I am. Yeah. We've both been through some stuff. Yeah. But if you're realizing by talking to me for the last three days that might need to make some changes it's never too late right you can start tomorrow if you start tomorrow and just be a little bit better than you were yesterday every day you're making progress it doesn't matter if it's a sliver or if it's a full two by four (laughs) a little bit of progress every day will eventually add up to big progress yeah i'm i went to this na meeting 
the other night for school. I'm in community health for nursing. And so I went, and part of that is going to an NA meeting, and man, it gave me so much hope. <laughs> it gave me so much hope, um, especially with the people that we see who come in. And they're at their worst, right? right. They're, they're at their lowest of their low. And they're not always the most fun patient to take care of. And fa- In fact, they're my least favorite patient to take care of. Um, but this gave me a whole different perspective. I don't think I ever really judged the person per se, but it's just like, man, like you can end up like, you know, if you if you put in the work like you're saying, you can end up like these people that I've went to the NA meeting with and they they're struggling still, sure, but they put the work in much like you, much like your story. Um, and I was just like, man, they can they can they can get there. It's possible. Like, you know, before I'm like, eh, this is just who who this person is and this is how they're always going to be their whole life. But that just gave me like a different perspective like man you can find your way back as hard as that road may be you can find your way back one of the ladies that went is 17 and a half years sober clean um and she still goes to na meetings three times a week and because she needs that she knows she needs that um but yeah so anyways that well, gave me a hope. lot of it is like for me it's, it's routine you know you can't differ from the routine yeah and I mean, there's been times where, you know, you have to, you have work, and stuff comes up or whatever. But, yeah. You know, one of the things that, for me, was, you know, honestly, it's, it's whatever it works for you, but, like, when I quit drinking, there was a three- or four-hour void in my day when I got off of work where, what do I do? <laughs> I used to drink in this I time. used to fill this with drinking. Now I used what? to fill this with drinking and, and poor choices on the Internet. <laughs> I started playing Call of Duty. Yeah. I, you know, I, started, I played it you know, a little bit back in the day or whatever, but I just I jumped into video games. Yeah. And I filled that void. And I, oh, tired. Go to sleep. Yeah. Hey, I didn't drink today. Right? Look at that. Look at that. Cool. <laughs> so then it's like, it's still a part of my thing. Right. You know, I'll, before, you know, I work nights now, so it's like in the morning time, I get up, start my day, have a cup of coffee, play a couple games, get ready for my day, go to work. You know, there, there's just a, a part of that that everything helps me come back to why I stopped yeah you know it was bad for me this helped me stop okay it was bad for me this helped me stop so I'm just going to do these things over here instead of that over there that ruined right so yeah very good very good so <clears throat> unless you have anything else to have we're going to shift shift a little bit here I have different questions for Absolutely. you um this is questions that I you, I ask everybody. Okay. Um, so, do you have any core values or beliefs that you stand firm in that you want to pass on to your son? Uh, be yourself. Don't be who you think you should be to impress other people. Mm. Because those people will not be there for you when you need them the most. Eesh. <laughs> that is... <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, reach out to help if you're able. Mm. Because there might be a time you need someone to reach to help you. Very good. Um, and your mental health is more important to you than you will know. Yeah. Very good. Um, so I, I have to bring this up because I really appreciate your perspective on things. Because a lot of the guests I have on, uh, I'm Christian. And um, a lot of the guests I have on are also Christian. And so um we always, i always get kind of the same answers most of the time in, in different ways shapes and forms but they're still basically the same answer and i agree with these answers wholeheartedly and i and i appreciate them but 
there. I like having this different perspective, and I think it'll be good for for other listeners as well who who, okay. who come into that. So that's pretty awesome. So, what legacy do you want to leave behind for your son? Which, what's I know that's a that's a big it's a big, big question. question. But it's a real simple answer. <laughs> and you know, I actually had this conversation with my girl just before our Father's Day. Um, I don't want anything other than people to know or to say like he was a good man. That's it. Yeah. He was a good human. He put energy into the world that made it better. Mm. I don't want to be somebody known for not being real. You know, I, I prefer to be somebody that people look back and go, man, the world was better with him in it. If I can pass that on to my son, then I'm always going to be in it. So he's going to be Right. If I can instill how I feel today. And as he gets older, you know, I'll, he'll learn more about what I went through. Yeah. Because he's older and matures and understands. But, uh, you know, I, I never want to be somebody that people look back on and go, damn, that's who he really was? Yeah. You know, what you see is what you get. Yeah. I'm not trying to BS anybody because it doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. You know, if you are, like I said earlier, if you are who you are, the right people gravitate towards you. Yeah. And it, makes, it just makes your life better in that way. Very good. Very good. Um, so do you have a final piece of advice, uh, quote, mantra, uh, or call to action for our listeners? I would just, like I, I've probably said it in multiple ways, but focus on you. Um, because if you don't focus on yourself, no one else is going to. Mm-hmm. And if you don't focus on you, you won't be any good for anybody else. Uh, I realize that when I, when I spent that two and a half years away from this woman and it's changed my life that I wasn't good enough for me yet to deserve her mm. right? I, I, I wasn't focused on me I was focused on everything around me and how I could fake it till I make it right Yeah. yeah. And, but I needed to be focusing on myself because if I'm not any good for myself I'm no good to anybody else and until I am standing on my own, doing well on my own, at that point is when you can reach out and help another person out. Very good. That's, that just that just makes me think of you know when you're on an uh, on an airplane and they always say if you have a kid put your own put your own oxygen mask on then put your kids on yeah. hey, take care I, of yourself I don't first. Need to be told that. <laughs> I'm probably going to be too busy screaming to help him at all. You can, you can program a DVD player. You can put on an Austin. Well, anyways, I've I've really enjoyed our conversation. This is great. So now, when I see you at work, man, I know you a little bit better now. I hope you know me a little bit better. Maybe I can I can um, share my story a little bit more as we start to interact more. Do you have you have anything else to add, or are you you good? I'm good. Man. It's just been it's been an honor to be able to share my story with another person and be able to put it out there for people to hear. Yeah. Like I said, if I can be an inspiration to one person out there. It's all the difference, it's right? It's all the difference in the world, man. Very good. And, you know, I'm, I'm easy to find. My name is, you know, Hugh McGuigan. There's not many of us around unless you're <laughs> in my family. You know, I'm, I'm technically the seventh one in a row. My son's the eighth one in a row. But, uh, you know, I'm always there for anybody. If you need to reach out, you know, on Instagram and all that stuff, too. So. Very good. You, know, if you just need someone to be an open ear. I've been through some shit, and I'm here for you. 
Very good. Well, thanks for having, uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate no it. Thanks for having me. It's been all right, y'all. It's time to close up shop for the decaf dad. Not Edwin, though. He's still open. So, again, make sure you stop by. Uh, keep the conversation going wherever you are. Follow the decaf dad on Instagram. Uh, like the decaf dad Facebook page. Email the decaf dad at the decaf dad at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to see covered. Subscribe, review, and share the podcast. Until next time, you've been Boom Roasted. <laughs>